shows are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Welcome to the Adventures in Tech Podcast. Talking the latest tips and trends in educational technology to innovate and engage your students. Here are your hosts, Andrew and Dan. Welcome to episode 24 of the Adventures in Tech Podcast. My name is Andrew. And my name is Dan. And we are excited you are on this journey with us already through 24 episodes, more than 12 hours of content, Dan. That's amazing. It's I'm al- tired of talking. It's almost getting up there with the 10 million cells in <laughs> Google Sheets. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to wrap up season one. Uh, I think we kind of prefaced that last week with a 25th episode. So next week will be our last live recorded episode until we kick back off in the new school year. So as always, if you like the content, help us out by providing feedback and a rating wherever you download your podcast from. We greatly appreciate your support and spread the word so the Adventures in Tech podcast can grow. Classroom updates, we're going to skip for this week. We have a lot to talk about. All right. I don't get the would you rather this week. Dan has (laughs) kicked me to the curb, left me in the trenches taking grenades all alone. I did, and I don't know how this is going to work out, but... (laughs) It's going to sound kind of weird to come up with at first, but I promise you I'm going to circle back to it later. Okay, fair I will enough. say that Andrew has no idea where I'm going nope, with this clueless. or the topic of discussion that I want to bring into this podcast. It's in our notes. So, but it's not in our notes, it's I should say. It's not in our notes. So I have um, no clue. I'm, I'm definitely tossing grenades. The blind. Yeah. All right. So it's kind of a – I want you to just imagine this, all right? You've been invited to a large dinner party. <laughs> Right. Dinner with Schmucks. Remember that movie? <laughs> anyway, sorry. Oh, yeah, I do rails. remember that movie, right? right? <laughs> um, so you figure there's like 30, 40 people that have been invited to this dinner party. Oh, no. So you're thinking about you want to go. And you, I know, I mean, and, and let's think about the food that's going to be served. Okay. And you're thinking about what you'd like to have at that dinner party. Are we talking first course, main course? Oh, everything. Okay. Everything. So right. I'm, I'm going to give you... Um, two scenarios of, of what the menu could look like. So the first scenario is the host of the dinner party decided to make individual meals customized to every person that's coming. I kind of know where you're going with this, but I'll keep my mouth closed and play along. Okay, or, keep or, individual. Yes, these nice individual. I mean, put a lot of thought into it. Absolutely. Look, looked at all the 40, needs. 40 different meals. For what they like, what, what they're allergic to, all their diets, and... Um, it's going to put 40 individualized meals out there for people to have. Or your second option is just a giant buffet. A buffet. A buffet. So okay. what would you hope for going to that dinner party? Would you like individualized meals for each different person? Or would you like one giant, massive buffet? I guess my first question would be, I mean, I know what my answer is. But I guess it would kind of say, okay, is it a certain time of year? Like uh, Thanksgiving turkey and all the fixings, or is it, you know, yeah, I just threw you a curveball. You did. <laughs> you can choose any kind of meal you'd like. <clears throat> okay. The most, the, the greatest meal you could ever eat. I got it. Uh, I would go to the individual, individual meals. Okay. I would. All right. You know, because that's differentiation on my, on my level. Okay. All right. All right. We'll, get, we'll circle back to that one. Okay. Sounds good. Maybe, you, I, maybe I answered it incorrectly. There is no incorrect answer. All right. But so, maybe our listeners can think of what would they really like. That's a great question. They yes. get to play the would you rather. They get to play it. All right. All Weekly right. wind up while we're, uh, you know, letting that permeate. 
Uh, summer, Google Palooza. Woohoo. And MassQ. MassQ uh, is up in Massachusetts, obviously. And they have Google Palooza August 10th, 2022, coming up. It's called Recharge. And MassQ was excited to announce that they were going to be hosting their popular Google Palooza in person at. Go uh, for that one. Uh, Come on. Tantasqua Regional Junior High School this summer. You can join other educators on August 10th for a full day of all things Google. Educators will have a choice of attending G Suite for Education hands-on workshops by experienced Google certified trainers and educators. You can join the fun. Recharge for the upcoming school year. Uh, the uh, registration is out now. And I don't know what the cost is. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if it's free 99. I don't think so. Probably but, not, but yeah, you something gotta pay to with a credit card. Yeah, if you're into that, absolutely for Google, check it out, and we'll put it in the show notes. Excellent. All right, let's talk Google Keep. Oh, I love Google Keep. I just sent you a Keep this morning. You did. I I'm, did. I'm going to keep it. Thank you. <laughs> we have a teacher's guide to getting organized with Google Keep. So, for those unfamiliar, Keep is a free Google Workspace app that allows you to create, store, organize, and search notes. And my brain and Dan's brain, yeah, they're in sync a lot of the time. That's why people call us Dandrew. However, we forget where some things go. So <laughs> I think that's more on my end. That was more a on dig. Your end. That <laughs> was a, I just wrote something on the whiteboard today. <laughs> I'm going to lose it. But it's a powerful, simple to use, making it an ideal note-taking app, and it's accessible Anywhere's most devices with a web browser and also has dedicated apps for iOS and Android phones. So, so yeah, some good great. things that Google Keep Notes are great for, for your meetings, for reminders, checklists, brainstorming, website links, planning, and then like a clipboard for often used text. So you can just copy and paste that in. I've used that many times. They also have uh, bulleted lists, which is make it makes it great for taking notes in meetings and school. And of course, if you are a big fan of OneNote or Evernote, we're not saying that, you know, you got to have the tool that works best for you. And being in the Google ecosystem, uh, we just like that much better. And I will say what I like about it is our favorite free 99. Yep. Um, it's similar as, you know, to OneNote or Evernote. But again, those applications come with a, a little bit of cost for the premium. So Google Keep right. is free 99. Yeah. And this uh, I didn't even see who wrote this. What was his name? Uh, Dave Cardi. Anyways, he wrote this and he actually had a great background image to a Google Keep note header, which kind of makes it stand right. out a little bit more. So we again, we'll we'll share that out in the show notes. All right, Dan, you want to talk Chrome extensions? Five Chrome extensions that make Google Classroom even more awesome. Can it be more awesome? I don't know. I, I know some ways it could be more awesome, but um, let's look at some of those extensions that are there. Um, so as I go through those extensions, look what number one is. I love it. I love it. And Moat. I think we're all on the Moat boat over here. So for those of you not familiar with Moat, Moat is a free Chrome extension that allows you to leave voice notes and feedback inside Google Classroom and many other Google apps. Yep. Yeah. And number two, we've also have a lot of experience with with Screencastify, which again is a free 99 uh, app, which allows you that screen recording tool. And it's free offered uh, for teachers and students and saves to Google Drive for easy access. I love the Screencastify, um, especially that it's fully integrated with Google Classroom, um, really makes it easy for you to get those videos out for students, but for students to create their own videos and submit them back to you. Yeah, number three, book widgets, which I don't think we've talked a lot about no, book we widgets. Haven't. And I think that's something that maybe we'll put on the radar in our Google Keep Notes for next year, right? 
uh, is to talk about uh, book wi widgets and how Google Classroom and book widgets together is really a superpower digital classroom. You can basically make over 40 different types of activities without ever leaving Google Classroom. Combine text, video, quizzes, interactive widgets to let the students learn and practice at their own pace. Student work is automatically graded and imported into the Google Classroom. So it's something you could download and, of course, free 99. I like it. Um, so number four, um, I see they have Nearpod there. Um, Nearpod is an interactive presentation and assessment tool. Teachers can use it to create interactive lessons that contain quizzes, polls, videos, images, drawing boards, web content, and more as well as their Nearpod collaborate collaborate tool. So Nearpod is great. It is free for up to 30 students. Um, and it does also have some other features um, that are behind a, a paywall, but it is a great tool. And it's also very similar to one of my favorites, Pear Deck. which is Pear Deck. Um, yeah. I love the integration of Pear Deck right into Google Slides. So that makes things really easy. And that contains a lot of the same things, quizzes, polls, video. It, it basically has the same tools. It's just a little bit different platform. Right. It's it's literally pretty much the same tool, just presented differently. That's all it is. I've, I've used number five a few times. It's really interesting, and it's called insert, insert Learning. So there is a free version, and there is also a paid version. So for those of you not familiar with Insert Learning, it's a Chrome extension that lets you turn websites into interactive lessons, and it is a perfect companion to your blended learning lesson plans. Yeah, that's great. So uh, those five Chrome extensions can definitely, uh, hopefully, uh, put them on your radar that make Google Classroom even more awesome. Uh, I know we're wrapping up this school year, but definitely to put on your radar as you kick off your next school year. Uh, I did want to talk about a tweet we saw from uh, Jake Miller uh, and Jake Miller Tech, and he just talked about the feature of Moat and Wakelet. So you would, pop would, your Moat links right into a Wakelet and get a nice little audio embed. And would that be an app smash? That would be an app smash, and it's huge for digital portfolios and other student projects. So now that you can embed those voice notes into Wakelet collections, talk about portfolios, boosting engagement, saving time, and obviously connecting with your community. Right. All right. Last thing we do want to just mention, Dan, is about Google Sites, classic sites. Yeah, that's a throwback. Yeah. Um, I think they started uh, sunsetting this a couple of years ago, right? Yes, they did. And they were going to do uh, to pretty much sunset all of the classic Google sites as of June 1st, 2022. Uh, however, they are now pushing that date back about six months to December 1st, 2022. Mm -hmm. And then by uh, the new year, January 1st, uh, classic sites is no longer viewable unless they've been converted to the new Google sites. Right. And, and they have the conversion all set. And there's there, Google, um, in their workspace, updates, definitely walks you through the process. If you still happen to have a classic site out there somewhere that you'd still like to hold on to, you can migrate it over. Um, so we'll include that in the show notes. Yeah, that's just some housekeeping on their end. Uh, they're, they're, they're finally moving everybody to the new sites and getting rid of the classic Google sites, which was way back when. Right. All right, so uh, first discussion point we want to discuss is I know the uh, past few episodes uh, we were talking with Matt Miller uh, at J. Matt Miller, Ditch That Textbook, and we've had a lot of time to connect with Matt. Matt actually came, uh, offered a full day of learning in our district, and all I can say is everybody, the feedback's been a 1,000% positive and everybody left invigorated with new ideas and just refreshed. Even though we're getting down to that grind of regents and everything's starting to wind up, 
it really gave them ideas as they start to look towards next year. One thing I can say about when Matt came to the conference day is he is no joke. He has boundless amounts of energy. He does. Um, he was uh, from his keynote to running like four breakout sessions yep. right in a row. Um, was really energetic, um, kept people engaged. And as Andrew said, people were able to to go to his sessions and walk away with something that they can apply right away. And we've talked a, a lot with Matt and all of his books, all of the, you know, the Efficient Teach, which is the crowdsourcing uh, book as we speak, and obviously all of the resources that he gives out for free. And it just actually, I and mean, we've met him in person before, but for everybody else who had never had that opportunity and to see his keynote, his keynote was, you know, the Art of Memorable Teaching was absolutely phenomenal. And I think it really resonated with a lot of people. And, you know, one thing that was said to us um, by a few different people were, you know, they, they said how shocked they were that Matt's message did not include technology. Right, right. His focus was not tech, 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 tech. It was instruction, instruction, instruction. Yep. Which um, I'm going to take this and I'm going to flip it around for Andrew. There and we go. That is why I asked the... Um, the question in the beginning and kind of throwing something out there to him out of the blue, just so we can get a more gut reaction from it. So, well, you got my gut reaction so far. What so, do you got for me? So the reason why um, I brought up that scenario is I started looking more about Matt's message and everything that was going on in instruction and everything that we talked about, you know, through this season in the podcast, the yep. idea of PBL, student choice, creativity, collaboration, everything that's out there. And really what we are talking about is the universal design for learning mm. and why the universal design for learning is needed now. Yeah. Yeah, UDL. Uh, so, you know, we talk about UDL. Uh, you know, education is full of those acronyms. But um, let me go through what UDL is. Uni UDL is Universal Design for Learning. It's an education framework based on decades of research and neuroscience, neuroscience and, it, and it is endorsed by the Every Student Succeeds Act. Um, UDL is considered a best practice for teaching all students in an inclusive learning environment. All inclusive environment. Got it. Right. So the goal of UDL is to create learners who are purposeful and motivated, resourceful and knowledgeable, and strategic and goal-oriented. In other words, expert learners. Mm. So as I was reading all about this and I saw that paragraph come up, it really made me think of what are we preparing our students for, for their future. And all the things that we saw in our trips to Google and, and what um, the skills that employers are looking for, for colleges, um, right. it's all of those right there. It is. It is. Um, so, you know, another thing that, you know, um, really draws me to, to really seeing why universal design for learning is, needing is needed right now is with UDL, teachers can trans transition their role to facilitator and remove barriers to learning by giving students options and choices that empower them to take control of their own learning and reach those rigorous standards that uh, are applied to each grade level and right. content area. Sure. Um, so to universally design lessons, teachers must provide multiple means of engagement, mm. multiple means of representation, and multiple means of action and expression. So if we think about that in terms of differentiation, you know, how do we differentiate for our classes? It's very hard to do, yeah. um, especially in these inclusive classroom environments. Sure. But by thinking 
how can I create my lessons that provide multiple means of engagement, multiple means of representation, and multiple means of action and expression, it can really allow me to utilize student choice and allow them to take more control. And I feel as they take that ownership and take more control, the engagement is there. And I think there has to be an understanding that a lot of the work will be front loaded. Sure. But the benefits will, the rewards of, of this kind of, you know, learning and instruction style, you can never put a price on. Right. And then by, by front loading you for, for teachers, it is a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, does it come easier over time? Absolutely. Just like riding a bike, just like riding a bike. But if you spend the time front loading and creating all these multiple options, you are more adaptable over time with your students and with your classes. You're not bogged down by the daily lesson plans. What am I doing today? What am I doing today? Correct. What am I doing today? Uh-oh, we're falling behind here or I have this. You have the scaffold. You have all of those safety measures already planned out because you've accounted for all of these things. Yeah, and it kind of resonates, you know, just this conversation with a uh, a comment uh, quote that Matt said is, if you want to go fast, you'll go Goals. solo. Right. If you want to go far, go together. Right. So that, that kind of resonates as we talk about this. Right. And so, you know, as you start looking at shifting this focus of planning and delivering the instruction, um, especially with the UDL model, find people to do it with. Yeah. Yeah. Your department, your team, grade level, colleagues, doesn't have to be the same district. No. Anybody. Right. All right. So now... I'd like to explain my uh, Your analogy. In, my analogy a, a little more, um, but you know, this is coming from this analogy is not my own. Can't take credit for, but there is a new um, book that's out right now by author Katie Novak, and mm. it's called UDL. Right, UDL now, and she explains um, UDL in this dinner party analogy. So let me go through those different um, those different scenarios. All right, so let's let's talk about this. I like to explain the differences by asking teachers to think about hosting a dinner party. Let's say you have invited over thirty guests. Guests, several of these guests have food allergies. Mm-hmm. Another few are gluten free. Mm-hmm. Some are vegetarian or lactose intolerant. And your brother is exclusively paleo. Sheesh. I know that's a lot. You want to be the perfect host, and you want to accommodate everyone. Sure. There is no right or wrong. Well, there's not, but, you know, you're looking at your audience there. You would want to ensure you accommodate everyone with all of their food allergies and dietary restrictions. Okay. I agree. Okay. But let's look at this scenario broke down. Yes, sir. You decide to make individual meals for each guest so that each of them has the perfect dish. Got it's a it. lot of juggling to do. It is. In the end, you are exhausted from all mm. the cooking. Yeah. You've made a few mistakes because it's nearly impossible to get everyone's individual meal perfect, and you didn't enjoy yourself. Mm, that's true. At the same time, you are frustrated that some of your guests preferred others' meals when you had made a special mm. dish just for them. Fair point. Okay, so what I just described is the dinner party equivalent of direct instruction. Yes, you did. Direct instruction is presenting options, but those options are directed by the teacher. Mm. For example, you may take one group of students aside and ask them to 
ask them to read an extra piece of literature because you can tell they are more advanced than their peers. Sure. You ask another student to draw a picture instead of writing an essay since you know writing is challenging for them. You are presenting options, but these options are governed by you, and it's possible you haven't chosen the right options for the right students. You are burnt out from yeah. trying to create so many individualized lessons. That's that level so of exhaustion. Sure. It is. So, you know, I think about it when I first read I'm like, scenario number one is great, and I still think it is. It right? is. You're really right. looking at differentiating for each individual student, but it's exhausting. Correct. And to do that on a daily basis. and then It's to, not possible. And then to maintain it. Right. And then to do that over time. It's that's the burnout. That's the burnout. That's the exhaustion. Right. All that's right. That's the burnout factor. Absolutely. So, I, you know, it's not wrong. It's exhausting. It's just and different. You're, and you're not, I don't think anything you're going to hit the nail on the head every time, but I think um, it does leave open some opportunities for missing the mark. Sure. Um, so let's go back to that dinner party in scenario num number two. Rather than preparing 30 individual meals, why not put out a buffet? Include lots of variety, but mm. let the guests choose what is best for them, what they believe will work with their individual diets and satisfy them. You don't witness guests peering at others' dishes, wishing they had made the same thing. Right, because they could have it. You are relaxed and engaged. You have saved your... Something just popped up. Sorry. Uh, oh, no. Dan broke his computer. I did all of a sudden my whole thing just flashed off the screen i think i can get it back in a second I, you know i would help you out here but you didn't share the notes with me i didn't <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> off the rails i'm glad we can um we can cover that up we can laugh about um it. all right you don't witness those guests peering at others dishes wishing they had the same thing but more importantly you are relaxed and engaged you have saved your energy for interacting with your guests mm. instead of wasting it preparing imperfect sure. options. Yeah. So I think when we talk about UDL, providing those multiple means, we're really talking about providing a buffet. Yeah. UDL offers students a buffet of options. The options are offered by the teacher, but they aren't individualized for specific students. Through the UDL framework, students are intended to become self-directed learners and choose the options that work best for them not the other way around. Right. With UDL, students learn to take responsibility for their learning. They are learning the why of learning as we turn the effective network of the brain by providing multiple means of engagement. They learn the what of learning as we ignite the recognition network of the brain by providing multiple means of representation. And they learn the how of learning as we turn the strategic network of the brain through multiple means of action and expression. I think that's a lot of, you know, it's also what Matt's message was, and it's reflected in his efficient teach effort Absolutely. that's going forward right now. Yeah, that's a lot. It is a lot. It's and a lot I think to wrap your head around, and I don't think there's one answer, like you said. I think it's a combination. And It is, I, I think, but, you know, I'm going to say that there's also a third option. The combo. So, right. well, um, there, in, in education, there's often a third scenario, and this scenario is the casserole option. See, you just mix it all together. Where Combo, everyone is fed the, Come the, on. The, fed the same meal in one big pot. Doesn't matter what your dietary needs are or what your taste palates wants are. When you have a casserole as your only option, that is what you get. So think of that. Pair that with the idea of one size fits all in the classroom. Every student, regardless of their needs and wants, getting the same lesson at the same pace at the same le 
level. I'm not a big casserole person. No, just as a casserole would be sure to miss the mark for many of your guests, the one side lesson would look the same in the classroom. Yeah, I'm not a casserole person. <laughs> not really. No. Unless I can make my own. Yeah, but still. Like, you went you to know. that Thanksgiving thing. There's piloted all in there. On one yeah, but there's sandwich. options. There yeah. are options. You know, maybe I want squash casserole versus green beans versus carrots versus corn on the cob versus so, turnips. So I when, don't know. When I have my buffet. Sweet potatoes. When I have my buffet, potatoes. I can, I can make going. my own. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's the same thing, right? I mean, I wouldn't say that's a casserole, but I can see the options. You know, you have options there. It's like a buffet. It's just on one table. Sure. So, but, you know, I, I just wanted to bring that out because, yeah, you know, we talked. to bring it to light. Bring it to light because we talked about a lot over this podcast and it's like, and, and we've gotten a lot of feedback from listeners. How do I possibly do all this? How do I, you know, get proficient burnout. at this? Burnout. That's what we hear a the, lot. The burnout, everything there. But just, I think it's mindset. That dinner party analogy really your buffet doesn't have to have 30 individualized, you know, trays of food out there. No. But you start learning. You learn for yourself. You learn for your students. Will you miss the mark? Sure. Sure. But First having, having options will allow you to adapt. It will right. allow your students to adapt. Agreed. So that that's me and my curveball and my soapbox. Well, you know I love my soapbox sometimes. You are. Sometimes I just got to kick it out from underneath. But it. it's, it's actually more <laughs> my stream of consciousness as I think about what my why is and why I'm sitting here talking and why I am in the place I am today. I think that just, you know, kind of goes back to uh, episode one or two when we talked about your why with Michael B. Jordan. Right. Kind of just brings it all back together, wraps it up uh, overall. But I think that's a great analogy, you know, with all three of the options that you presented when you talk about UDL. And it's something to look into when you're on a beach or you're at a, you know, a mountain hiking, wherever you are over the summer to, to recharge your batteries. Read some articles on UDL. We always mm-hmm. talk about AJ Giuliani. He's got a ton of stuff out there on, on UDL. And obviously the, the article that Dan had just referenced. So, all right, we're not going to have time to get to anything else I put in there. Sorry. That's okay. That's all right. <laughs> so we will wrap up uh, episode 24. Uh, as always, Dan, any final thoughts? Um, well, actually, yeah, there is. Oh, of course <laughs> there is. There, there's something that <laughs> I, I did want to put up. I, I wanted to. I, I put it in the wrong place in our notes. Oh, so uh, I can't even for, read it. For the weekly wind-up. But um, there's something new in RyQ. I love the, the TechSmith product, uh, products, but um, there's now writing prompts yeah i can see this one you actually shared it i did i put it in the wrong spot oh. um but you it's didn't there. use google keep my friend all righty <laughs> um but they've updated ryq to help with writing flow so to have more creativity on tap so it's going to automatically allow students through their ryq extension to access some i like these prompts some prompt some how to some writing prompts so it's a bank of writing prompts that can be accessed by students by right from their extension in the maximize button above their burst meter. They can open the menu button, select prompts, and the prompts menu can access writing prompts assigned to them across all curriculum teachers. I love it. Creative writing, fun, journal, narrative, younger prompts, and opinion. You're hitting all genres of writing there. Right. I love it. I love it too. It's definitely going to inspire spark and creativity for students of all ages who enjoy writing for pleasure. They can unwind, decompress after those long days. And again, there's... It's not a casserole. It's given the choice. Right. So, so I like it. That's, that's my, great. That's my final thought. That is a great final thought. So uh, obviously, Swag, fill out the sticker request. Again, thank you for all your support, listening on all the platforms, leaving those reviews. Any questions, comments, suggestions, uh, as always, reach out. Till next time, tech hard, work smart, live an adventure. 
find Andrew on all socials at a Nicola Tech and Dan at WCSD Tech DR. <laughs>